Good evening, Monadnock region. Welcome back to the Space Lounge. This is Go Mo Tonight, and I am your host, Chris DiLoretto, here in the lounge with my friends and co-hosts. Zoe Rotenheinsman. And Sam Abbott. Yes, yes. Hello, my friends, and hello, good listeners and citizens of the region. Uh, very exciting to be recording again. So this is Thursday, January 20th, and believe it or not, you know, so these episodes will be several days apart, they'll be released, but this is only in real time, two days after Zoe and I recorded the previous episode. So I'll, I'll, do, the, I'll do a big reveal in a moment, but what you may notice if you listen to the previous episode is that certain, certain things sort of continue into this one. In a, in a subtle way, as, as things tend to do in the universe. Um, but, so, a lot of cool stuff going on, though. In, in our, not, not news stuff or, or even really community stuff, but between the three of us, today, finally, we met for a little while in the afternoon in the Creeble study room, which is a very cute multicolored room off of the children's area in the Peterborough Town Library to have... <laughs> our annual business strategy meeting for both Go Monadnock and Monadnock Underground. Collectively, of course, we are MU Media. And yes, this is a bit of a tease because I, there's, there's very little at this stage in the game that I can reveal to you. However, big plans for 2022. This is going to be a big year. Prepare to be fucking dazzled and, and like... I know that's a bold statement, and I would not make it if I were not utterly confident that I can back that up. Prepare to be dazzled. It's going to be a big year. But some of the stuff that we can talk about, though, is like a lot of the stuff that already exists, like this program. You can expect this program to continue running as the, the region's only locally focused weekly comedy show again, on a weekly basis uh, throughout this year. And that's not to say that maybe once a month we might, uh, we might bail on a week. You know, schedules are what they are. That happens. But we really do intend to, to keep on trucking and bringing you this all-star cali caliber programming with additional guests, new types of segments, special editions, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we are really grateful to all of you for coming along this journey with us Grab some friends. The journey continues. So that's a big one. Uh, Monadnock Underground, you can expect, uh, we'll talk about some of the things later on in the episode, but you can expect a lot of additional activity in the creative writing realm. Very exciting stuff coming there. And the other stuff that I can't mention is, is the stuff that you, you wouldn't even be able to guess. So I realize I'm, I'm stacking <laughs> T's upon T's here, but... Man, ah, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, but what we can reveal to you, finally, is uh, the winners of our contest for our fall 2021 season at Monadnock Underground. So for those of you who are, who are more familiar with the GOMO side and, and maybe haven't dabbled over into the mystical, creative waters of, of our, frankly, our, our initial company, the, the foundation upon which everything else is built. Uh, this is a, a, an online journal. 
um, which we, we used to say, and maybe we still do, um, until we get a new logo of Thought and Spirit, a journal of Thought and Spirit. And, and what that means is twice per year, we do like a six to eight week season season on online in the spring and the fall. And for those six to eight weeks, we're going to post like three or four original uh, personal narratives, creative nonfiction, essays, um, f- fiction, of course, short stories, uh, and, and, and of course, a little bit of poetry um, on the website. And, and we do that as kind of a series. And the fall one was actually our, our first go at this. And what we said, just to try to spice things up and make it interesting, was what we judged ultimately at the end of the season as the top five pieces of writing that we received would win an, an elaborately titled reward slash award, I should say, award. And uh, and they also, just as a, as a token of our appreciation, they get to pick any book from our Monadnock Underground back catalog, and uh, we send it to them for free. So... Um, Drum roll. Just, just to clarify, we were posting online for years before this. This is the first time we've like condensed it to a season and like yeah, correct. Yes, kept, kept open and closed submissions and kept them to a short window. So we've been publishing online a lot. And now we're make, we're changing the rules on our writers. That's one reason we wanted to do the awards too. Absolutely to compensate for that. Yeah, we we before then we published on just kind of an ad hoc all year round constant basis, but. Difficult for us to maintain, um, difficult to retain audience attention over that long period of time. Um, it, it's, um, you know, it's a very simple trick, but to uh, create artificial scarcity, basically, by, by kind of segregating. You're revealing the, our secrets here. <laughs> well, don't, let in, don't let them into the psychology, man. No, because here's the thing. No, because the thing that I love about my psychological tricks is that, like, <laughs> I'm that kind of guy that will tell you that I'm doing the psychological tricks, but then do it anyway, and it will still work. Um, so this is still going to work, uh, even if you know about it. Um, and you don't really have any choice because we're only going to do it during the, those periods of time. Right? Um, but sorry so, to interrupt your drum roll. I did not mean to no, like. That's okay. Uh, I should I should also say that the reason that we're doing this now, fall season, it's January. Typical for our you know, style and track record, we didn't begin or end the fall season on time. So obviously the fall, we intended for this to run in like September, October initially. I don't think it got started until October and it obviously ran. We published the final pieces last week or earlier this week, maybe. And uh, little so holiday break in the middle of yeah, we, we, we ro- it rolled over into the actual winter a little bit. Uh, but so we're being a little bit liberal with the terminology there but we this is the the exciting thing that we've been waiting for so we've got five awards they all have different titles that that go to each of the stories that have won zoe has made these absolutely fantastic physical custom designed um medals that that go so if you're if you're listening to this on the audio check uh our facebook page so that you can actually see these images but if you're watching this on video we're gonna hold them up to the camera um so um so our first prize actually this this thing might we might be able to put drums in oh there you go that's something anyway (laughs) keep doing that nice okay that was sort of a drum roll um (laughs) our first winner 
of the Palm de Granite Award goes to Diane Kane for the cost of free will. Woo! Beautiful. Woo! Absolutely beautiful. Congratulations, Diane. Thank you. Diane deserves an extra shout out too, because she had two, maybe three pieces in this, um, in this season. And, and she's been published in many of our collections and everything. So Diane, we are thrilled to have you uh, on board with us. Thank you. And congratulations. And do we want to, do we want to talk about her story or do we want to do the awards first? Oh, sure. Let's actually, yeah, we might as well um, talk about them one at a time. Um, I suppose. So, um, See, I just had it open, but I closed several windows erroneously. Um, so pardon me. But actually, this was one of the final pieces that we printed in this yes. um, in this series. And I'm, I'm not going to get into the the story of of why this this came <laughs> to protect reputations. <laughs> To protect certain editorial reputations, um, <laughs> indeed. But um, but um, Zoe, actually, though, I, I do think that that um, in your protected class, you you may be in the best um, position to to give us a little rundown of the uh, oh, of the story sure. here. Yeah. So this so the cost of free will is um is like a crime. Would you call it a caper? Perhaps a caper? Kind of, yeah, yeah. It's got like it's, a manic quality to it. Yeah, it's, I mean, like typically a caper is about theft and not murder, but it's like that. It's got the air yeah, of a caper, that but it's energy. It, yeah, or um, another good comparison, not it, to, to compliment the word caper, might be like a Hitchcockian comedy uh, sort of thing. Sure, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it reminded me in some ways uh, a li slightly less jovial, but if anybody's seen uh, the film, the trouble with Harry uh, Hitchcock's uh, major comedy film of the fifties, it's uh, it's, it's a very bouncy, light, jovial Vermont set movie about a dead guy and, and how everyone might've killed him. It's very, it's very nice and, and lighthearted and funny. And um this one is maybe not lighthearted, but it's bouncy. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's yes. heavier. It's yes. a little bit heavier than that. Yeah. But it still has like a little hint of that um, bounciness kind of. Yeah, you it's know? A, that's a good word. It, yeah, bouncy is a good word. And it's just like a many layers of like plot, you know, and like different characters and. God's uh, in it. And God's in it. I think God that's a great it. summary. If that yeah. piques your interest, check out yeah. our Palm de Granite winner. Yeah, if you're like a crime story type of fan, it, you know, and, and you and you like twisted stories about people plotting to uh, kill one another, especially those with a twist, like the inclusion of Jehovah, um, this is this is definitely the tale for you. Absolutely. Um, so, second award also goes to a a longtime. Monadnock Underground contributor, our good our good friend down in well, thus far he's been in Philadelphia. Last I talked to him, he was moving to Atlantic City relatively soon. So um okay. I'm not sure when that's happening, but he's gonna he's actually gonna be in the not that we don't love Pennsylvania, but I don't really love Pennsylvania. I do love New Jersey, and that's where yes. that's where he that's where he's headed to. So good for Jared. Um Jared Radke, that is to say, is the winner of the Thompson medallion for his short story, punching on Maxie smuts. 
Now, if you're not familiar with Jared and and his many contributions to our our publication, both in print and online, going. I mean, he was one of our first writers. I don't even know how yeah. that, I don't even remember how the hell he found out about us. I don't remember either. And the dude is in Philadelphia. Like he's not like, I, I don't know. We don't know him. Like John Palmucci, I know from elsewhere. Like so right. a lot of these other people that we know in other places are, are friends from other region reasons, but no, Jared found us submitted to us very early on. And he possesses just this, wonderfully unique style deliciously dripping with often a little bit stylish darkness yes and and uh it's but in in the reason that it's called the thompson award not to be too on the nose about it is that like and it's not that it's not that I actually think that he writes like Hunter Thompson because that wouldn't necessarily be a compliment. Uh, I don't think he, I don't think Jared's an emulator of anybody, no, frankly. I but I, I I make that comparison only to say that I think it is appropriate to say that Jared's stories have a certain flair that you might call Gonzo. Um, and, I like that. And that yeah. And that's why that that's why I yeah. gave it the Thompson Award. I don't don't be insulted, Jared. I'm not saying that you're an imitator because I absolutely do not think that at all. In fact, that is perhaps Jared's biggest strength is that I, I have not encountered anybody who writes like Jared. In yeah. fact, and um, the first so, thing he, the first thing he sent us was like this wild, like manic, like stream of consciousness dive down a Wikipedia and music. <laughs> rabbit hole where he's just like making these stream of consciousness connections and i just like loved it immediately he's the only author to date that we've had complaints about the content of his work (laughs) (laughs) yeah the number number of swears that it contains so like don't do like an out loud reading of Jared Radke's pieces with your kids in the room necessarily. I mean, unless, unless they hear you swear all the time. Um, like no, not like any of us, of course, the good respectable <laughs> middle-class people that n- our kids never hear, you know, MF bombs or anything like that. Um, so if your kids like our kids never hear that kind of language, I don't recommend you introducing them to Jared Radke. In fact, there's actually a lot of reasons so you shouldn't introduce your kids yeah, to Jared Radke. It's really not the swears <laughs> in his work that I would shield my children from. Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. There, it, it goes to some dark places. It goes to some Yeah. But like somehow with like a certain joy de vivre though. You know, I, I don't totally understand right. it. Yes. I don't understand it because he that's what Jared does though, is that he dives down into like the depths of human depravity at times but with this like yeah get out there and live kind of yes undercurrent to it he's wonderful i hope one day i hope one day that um i mean because i like people could benefit from this like i would really love to publish like a little volume one day of just like the jared radke collection of you know, of all of a, we're not we like it'll take a few more years um, to to get enough to actually make a volume, but I, I don't know. I think that would be a really cool 
Um, yeah. They, 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 there's a continuity of style, but a diversity of of subjects and settings such that I believe that if you strung his pieces together, they would have the feel of of like um like a dream. You know, where it's it's mm. it's the same dream and it's totally different at hour one than it is at hour six, but somehow it all kind of went together and like one faded out and one faded in, but same dream. Man, what a what a like perfect description of Jared. Jared's writing. Jared, I'm available for PR work. <laughs> like in general in life, if if you need it. Um like I don't know. Like I think uh last I talked to him, he told me he was very happy with um the the job that he has but like i don't know like if you ever if you're ever looking out there and you need a really really enthusiastic reference and somehow it would help for me to talk about this which it probably wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> for most gigs so maybe don't listen to this jared but um i'm available if you ever think it would be helpful you that's all convince, I'm convince future employees that his writing about like drug addicts and you know violent crimes is like amazing <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, so congratulations though, Jared, for the winner, uh, winner of the Thompson medallion. Our third winner is actually a friend of ours. Um, who I believe has moved to Texas or perhaps has moved to like Tennessee or North Carolina via Texas. I don't know. Sam, where are you? I don't know where you are right now. Last I knew you had Texas. I don't know if you left Texas we haven't talked in a long time. I miss you. He used to be he used to be a New Hampshire guy um, yeah. with us. Last I Good. heard, he was moving to Columbia, South Carolina. So I think there's oh, many choices okay. from where he could be. Yeah. I'm sorry for not keeping it straight, Sam. But anyways, we miss you. But Sam was one of our first submitters to this fall season. And he wrote, uh, Sam Johnson is his name. He wrote a story called In Its Proper Place. And it's a delightful tale about it, it's very surreal and it's oh, about I, well i, I gotta i gotta uh, announce it yet first oh, yeah. um i'm just giving a brief little synopsis and just saying like it's a it's, it's a really, very surreal really. tale about um uh and it's not like donnie darko no matter how much it sounds like but it's about a, a, a young girl who has a friend <laughs> who's a rabbit who follows the rabbit um where the rabbit may lead and what that entails and yes uh, you, one could argue that's also the plot of Donnie Darko, but <laughs> very different story. Again, not an emulation here. This yeah. is you, you will not be reminded of Donnie Darko reading this. It it almost has a it has a very it starts off especially and actually continues start with a very storybook um, type of a vibe. You know, mm -hmm. like I almost was thinking like not quite, but almost like a little Beatrix Potter kind of thing. Um, and it's it, it much more surreal than that, but it, that kind of vibe, like it came from that era almost. It, That's more, I, I, the beginning of it is like a velveteen rabbit vibe. Velveteen rabbit. Sorry, so that's not Beatrix Potter, right? No, Beatrix Potter no. is like talking to hedgehogs. So I was like, no, all right, not, not sure quite. I was agreeing with that. There is a talking rabbit though. Um, but in its proper place, Sam Johnson is the winner of the Follow the Leader Award. Big congratulations to Sam. Um, excellent, Yay. excellent tale. We're going to link to all of these, of course, in the show notes. Um, and and actually, to, I mean, to be honest, to everybody listening, if you haven't seen this already, by the time this episode comes out, like all of these authors 
this is all going to be public um, because we're going to announce this on the website in an email tomorrow in real life, not tomorrow while you're listening to this. So is any, this is just us kind of showing our appreciation with a formal award show style presentation and not just like an email announcement like hey congratulations like like that's that's a little anticlimactic i feel to be honest these guys deserve a little verbal shout out yeah if nothing else and the uh the white cross trail uh trail marker in this follow the leader award it appears in his story may or may not be the same white cross trail that is on mount monadnock but i felt like that was a good image for his award there are, yes, as an added sweetener, I think that there are some potential regional allusions in the story. Um, that There's connections. And it's very subtle, which I appreciate. I, I also love overt references to this region, obviously. And there were um, several of those that appeared in our season. And several of those that appeared in our last published collection, uh, 18 Miles of Crimes, which is a collection of thrillers and spy stories. Available on monadnockunderground.com. But, um, so, but I also really appreciated the way that Sam was very delicate about it. Yeah. Um, and, and just kind of put a little nugget in there that you, you could, you could breeze by it if you, if you didn't know. Um, so love that. Congratulations, Sam. The fourth award. Goes to a debut writer, someone who's never submitted with us before and whose piece damn well might be the, the most unique and, 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 and a little bit out there piece that I read. And, and I'll be honest and say that when I first read it months ago, I was like, this is shortlisted for the awards. Um, I knew it. I knew it right away. Um, so this is the, the order of the mystic prince goes to cast stone for his tale. What the dragonfly wanted. And how to describe this. This is a story about a pilgrimage to sacred ground and a very direct and transcendent communication with that ground and with a dragonfly and making explicit the forces that we cannot see with our ordinary senses in a way that I found believable, plausible, accurate, very, very well done. Yeah. Very strange, very unique, and somehow very true. Yes, it's it's strange. My father, who reads everything that we publish, and usually will c comment yep. on everything we publish. I appreciate. I love that. Told me that he. This is one that he wasn't so sure about. Like the style of it is really unique, but mm -hmm. when I read it, there's like there's an emotional resonance to it that I think that's just probably another way of saying that there's something very true about it. But yeah. I, I, it I, I, know. I really, yes. It connects, it man. Connects. Yeah. So awesome tale. Very mystical. Of course, I went with an obvious connection there with the title of the award. The Order of the Mystic Prince. Is the Mystic Prince Cass? Is it the dragonfly? Is it me because I'm giving it to him? Open to interpretation. And there's, for the record, there's no guarantee that we will ever give these same awards out again. 
the, these may be one time only if nobody qualifies for them specifically again. Um, congratulations to Cass. Cass, please submit more. We would love to see and publish more of your work in the spring. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, but thank you for, for finding us and submitting. Um, and our, our final winner for this round, another debut writer. And I chose in the, in the, in the title of this award to highlight that fact in awarding the blazing debut prize, because that deserves to be called out to Rachel Mussenden for her story, married to a cult leader and married to a cult leader is it does that thing that really great short stories are able to do because she it's it is very minimal that like almost in a not not prose wise like Hemingway but in the way that Hemingway's short stories can be very like just chop out anything on every side that is not necessary. You know, yeah. she, th what is depicted in her story is, is merely like an encounter on an afternoon, like a conversation over tea in an afternoon. Um, that's it. But it conveys so much plot and, and, and you can see so much before and after. And, and there's some things that you wonder, but there's a lot of things that you just know from what little she's mm. provided and i love that and that's that's what made this one stand out yes. to me more than anything else was just it was it's it's so concise there's no there's nothing unnecessary there's no bullshit here um and yet it doesn't read as sparse and it doesn't read as like short i mean i hate like micro fiction like i'm not i'm a long-winded guy so i have a lot of patience for long things um, even if they have a little bit of bullshit in it, but this was, uh, Rachel, like you did this the way that like writing teachers tell people to write short fiction. And, it, and sometimes that, and I should say that sometimes that even annoys me, but in this time you just did it so damn well. It um, home run, absolute home run. Yeah. Another debut writer. Thank you for being a part of this. Please, please, please come back. So that that piece from Rachel, it stands alone beautifully. And again, you did just like another amazing summary job. And like that Hemingway comparison is like, I hadn't thought of it, but it is right on. Um, it's like kills with white elephants. It, I mean, like, I don't want to make a direct comparison, is. but if anybody knows that story, yes. which is about a conversation on a, tr I believe a train platform. When you that, said Hemingway, that's the one I was like, oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. yes, that's exactly what That's I what it reminds me of. It's Hills. Yeah. Uh, 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 whatever that other one is, it's it's the other cliched one. But, like, um, I think it's a, a clean, well-lighted place might be the title of it. Um, it's another it's another one that is known for being, like, very short. It's just, like, a description of a dude really late at night in, like, a bar or cafe. And okay, I don't know that one. And and it's it's another just, like really contained really short thing that like carries all this gigantic weight behind it yeah and um so yeah but i had hills with white elephants in mind yes um, that that's what came to mind yeah. yeah um but this it stands alone beautifully but it's also apparently part of a longer work 
So hopefully we'll get to read more of that in the future. God, I hope so. Rachel, more, 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 please. Um, and also, I, I did want to add um, one other thing, and, and not an additional contest winner, but um, a, a shout out to our poets. And, and I know it can feel a little bit defeating sometimes because, well, we didn't give, we had six or seven poems in the season and we didn't give an award to any of them. And I, I mean, I, I'm not going to be dishonest and pretend that that's happenstance or an accident or an oversight or something like that. It's because we've always said very openly from the beginning that we are not primarily focused on poetry. We will publish it. We, we like it. And if we like yours, we will do it. But there are many outlets for poetry and many poetry contests that already exist. And I think that there's fewer for the kind of general um fiction and, and essays and, and things like that, that, that we do focus on. And that's why, um, that's why they won. But I don't want anybody to feel that, um, the, the poems are, are second class or are, are un, are not beloved by us. So I want to throw out an honorable mention to what we felt was the, the top poem, of of this season and and this was another uh debut writer who who has never uh we've never had any contact with her before at all but it's called we deserve love by stephanie latini and the reason that this one stood out to me i think we had a few that that i uh, was considering um putting forward for honorable mention but stephanie does something with rhythm in this in this poem that i found very unique it had a it has kind of a a rolling cadence to it that that almost makes you makes you feel an actual audible beat behind it, um, and I and I really appreciate that. So great job, Stephanie. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was written to be performed. I would love to hear same, it. Same. I think it should be read out loud, and I don't by the author. Yeah, I yeah. I, I, I totally totally think so. Um, so, but if you come up with a good name for the, that one, I'll make, I'll make her an award too, that we can post online. Sure. Okay. Um, you could just draw a picture of a poem and write honorable mention. <laughs> I could do that. A picture of a poem. That's what I'll do. <laughs> if, if you, if that's possible, I, yeah, like that's a, a little, little, like little a, puzzle for you. Scribbles. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of a, it's like a, yeah. <laughs> make the make the sound of one hand clapping and um call I can actually clap hand. with one hand. Yeah, I can well, that's too. your bracelets. Okay. That's what I was say. Screw you, monks. I know. That's what it sounds like. It's a little bit quiet, but it has a sound. Yeah. Yeah. There's your answer. Thousand year old that's your answer. mountain sitting Buddhist. Like that. <laughs> All right, that was two. That was two hands, but it was two. It was two hands doing two single hands hand clapping alone. Two, yeah, two exactly. Two hands clapping alone, precisely, precisely. One, one last comment. I do just want to make because it just occurred to me about our contest winners here, and I and I do want to um to go into our our sponsored um content for this episode because last time we went like forty five minutes before mentioning poor Chad's band. And I don't, we're, we're already past the half hour now, but I do just want to comment on, um, we, and in the past we have had tons of essays 
in in every to every time we've whether it's just publishing ad hoc online or in our initial glossy magazines that we put out um those were like half essays one of our three themes collections is uh, is spiritual writing and and of the three that one has like half or more um you know it, non-fiction essays um we did not do this on purpose but i do find it interesting that all of the winners of the contest were short stories um, this might be the first time that we've had that kind of exclusivity. And I, I think if we were to look back at the season, I, again, I really hadn't considered this, but with the exception of some kind of standard columns that Dan Sesney and I had represented, but they weren't really properly part of the season. This was mostly, we had some poems and short stories, which is really um, kind of interesting like succubus yeah. incubus is it was a little bit of you could call that kind of creative nonfiction. i'm not sure how fictional that was maybe maybe it was fiction I, though i'm I, a little unclear I on that interpreted that as fiction oh we actually no i think we asked her maybe and because oh. we put it as fic we did put it as fiction okay. so yeah everything was put as fiction um, other than me and Dan's columns and other than the poems. So really interesting. I like that personally. Not yeah. that I mean, I love essays. These days I write more essays than I do fiction, but I really kind of like it that we're getting this much fiction, that it's it's dominating yeah. our our online landscape. That's that's really cool. This is the first time that it's ever quite been like that. The submissions for the spring season will open on March 1st. So anyone listening who's a writer who hears how we love our writers and talk about their writing and just, you know, yes. Yes. we you love this. You like can this, tell right? how much we love yeah. it. So send us your stuff. Absolutely. March 1st through April March 15th. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We, we'll give you a good month and a half window there. And, and we'll aim to put April 10th, actually, to give us a five-day buffer. Okay. We'll start on Sounds April good. 15th. And we'll roll for two months. And we're going to try to actually keep it concise for real this time um, and, and conclude it within the bounds of spring. That's a goal. We'll see if we can pull it off. We um, can. We'll do it. Yeah, I think so. I think so. This episode of GOMO Tonight is sponsored by Homely Chastity Overalls, New England's leading brand for frumpy farm and field fashion. Do you ever wake up in the morning feeling sensual? Or sometimes when you're out on the fields of the homestead, do you start craving that sultry nature kind of feeling? Our cold shower's not working. We've got just the things for you. Homely Chastity Overalls, the only brand guaranteed to erase any trace of sexuality from your body, mind, heart, and soul. Our formless denim is guaranteed to hang off your body like a non-living sack with our trademark strap clips uniquely designed to remind you that you never need to be touched. We also have Homely Chastity jeans with a rear end designed specifically to sag and a line of brown long johns to dissuade even the most persistent hands from touching you under the covers. When you're watching Netflix or HBO Max and he gives you that look, just point at those strap clips and say, uh-uh, buddy, not on your life. Homely Chastity overalls, New England's leading brand for frumpy farm and field fashion. If you would like to get your brand, product, service, band, or illicit card game mentioned on our program, reach out to Sam at monadnockunderground.com. Reach out to any of us, in fact. Um, we're going to start sharing all of our duties of, of all kinds, except Zoe's still going to do all the editing. Um, <laughs> but um, 
All of our email addresses are in the show notes and you can email any of us or all of us if you want to about um, getting your ad on this program. You can guarantee that this core group of listeners, which is only growing over time, is listening to every word that I say about your product because as I never tire of reminding everyone, it's not just the seductive tone of my voice, it is the fact that no one wants to hit that skip button for fear that I might say something that they wouldn't want to miss. And that is just as true during any advertisement that we do as it is the rest of our content. So hit us up. We've got really a, a hardcore listenership. I guarantee you, I swear to God, the, the, our ads are cheap and bang for your buck. Like this is the most results that you'll get for your spend, the most dedicated eyes and ears for your spend that you can get in this region. Pay 400 bucks for a ledger ad if you want to, um, that everyone's going to ignore as they flip through the paper or like put it in their wood stove, you know? Um, sorry to be blunt, but like, that's what happens. And, um, or you can pay like literally a fraction, a tiny fraction of that and, you know, you're at least going to get several dozen people who hear directly a fairly detailed and entertaining endorsement of what you do for money. Um, so please reach out. It's available. Uh, before we go on to our next topic, I also just want to give, this is not a sponsored content, but I got a shout out. So I'm returning the favor. I do just want to give a shout out to our good friends um, down in both New Jersey and Minneapolis, Minnesota, John and Madison, who are the hosts of the Fresh Kills podcast. That's another very random cultural criticism, comedic show. Uh, a lot of pop culture references. And as you might imagine, given that they live in two very, very different places, while there is a certain New Jersey flair to the program, it is not as locally centric as ours is. This show can definitely appeal to you, even though you don't live there. In fact, perhaps especially because you don't live there. Um, you know, people around here believe that they're cultured because, you know, they, they like took a trip to Paris or whatever, you know, but like, honest to God, do you know, have you, have you, have you actually walked among the natives of New Jersey? Because I have, <laughs> and I don't think you guys know. Anyways, this will, this will give you a little glimpse. I did. They, they, they took a big hiatus because, um, you know, John got married, um, Madison, she had some COVID and some school stuff and all this stuff. I got to meet Madison at John's wedding. Um, we, we've referenced John's wedding on the, and John in general on the program many times. Um, but uh, they, they came back after a, a few months of hiatus just this week. And uh, it sounds like they're going to be doing a regular weekly um, cadence again as well. So give the, you know check them out or whatever. It's a great show. Like I said, they're, they're friends of ours. We're friends of theirs. Uh, they, they gave uh, me slash us some shout outs on their program. And uh, we encourage you guys to do the same thing. Um, this is very much turning into a writing themed episode. And we do have, um, we really only have one more writing related thing to talk about before we get into actually the very tiny amount of, of news that actually exists in the town at the moment. But um Zoe, tell us about what we're going to be doing uh, that we've wanted to do for a long time. 
Yes, we have. This has been on our planning list for ages. Um, but this awesome, award-winning, very experienced writing teacher, instructor, and great poet. If you've been, uh, if you've come to any of our open mic nights, you've heard him read. Um, if you haven't, you should. We haven't published any of his stuff online or in print yet, but we, we've heard his poems at open mic nights. Um, Brian Evans Jones kind of fell out of the sky and was like, hey, let's partner and do some writing workshops. He's got lots of experience doing this. Tons he's of pro. great. He's a pro. Like this is what yeah, he does. He literally, he literally makes his living uh, doing yes. writing and teaching and coaching and in and, and this kind of thing. Yeah, um, he's got like an online, you know, established group already. He's been in the schools um, as a writer in residence, I think, something like that this month. But starting in February, we're going to do a one session memoir writing workshop with him. And then in March, we're going to do poetry and fiction. And each of those are going to be on Tuesday nights. Each of them is two sessions. That'll be at the Peterborough Town Library, although not affiliated with that. Not affiliated. We're abiding by the terms and conditions. <laughs> it's all us, us and Brian. Um, I think that these are just going to be great. I just, I can't wait. I, I don't exactly know what Brian has in store for us, but I know he has, you know, more, more details will, will keep coming out as we get further along in the planning process. But if you, if you are listening to our talk about these writing awards and our seasons and you're like, man, I, I am a writer, but I'm just rusty or like, I just, you know, need, need that like workshop vibe to get you going. I highly recommend looking into that. Brian seems like, a very great encouraging guy you know seems yep. like he'd be a good teacher a hundred percent and and it's um these are relatively inexpensive workshops as well in terms of what you're getting i mean but e each of them carries with it three hours of of like instruction and feedback and, and interaction which is is really kind of cool and so it's the um the memoir workshop that's a single session is 60 bucks and the two other ones are 65 so honestly for for a, a, a chunk of time like that with a pro, uh, I think that's quite a bargain. And the uh, the spaces are somewhat limited, not super limited, but um, there is a cap. Um, so if you're really, really interested in this, the, the link is in the show notes. I really encourage you to register now and uh, and and reserve your seat because I there's about a month till the first one, and I I bet you that first one will be filled within a couple of weeks. So um, just throwing that out there, very encouraging. <laughs> and I should, I just kind of want to add that um, we, we writing workshops was something that we intended to do in 2020 <laughs> before the, uh, the iron curtain fell and, and the, the world changed and everything else. Um, and, and we couldn't do it. And I believe that Zoe and I are qualified and capable of doing a writing workshop, but part of that belief is rooted in my occasionally excessive confidence and um, some call it arrogance, but whatever. Um, I'm just I, glad I'm swept under that umbrella in this case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, and uh, I have, I have, I have perhaps slightly excessive confidence in all of us and everything that we do. It, it extends. To the whole operation. Um, but I feel a massive sense of relief actually in having a real professional doing it yes. because 
Um, much as I, again, I'm certain we would have given you a wonderful program, but this is a guy who uh, is is not going to be guinea pigging it with you. Like he 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 has a program, <laughs> like he he knows what he's doing, and um and this is this is real five star grade A type stuff we're serving up here. And this is just the first round. So these are just, uh, there's more to come, but get in on these. Uh, cause, uh, this is, it, it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, so the, the, once again, and I, and I didn't do, I didn't retell the little gimmick about, um, uh, the top story in the Monadnock region this week is absolutely nothing like it was, you know, obviously it's been, it's been two days since we recorded last and that's what we said last episode and like spoiler alert, nothing has happened in the last two days. Um, um but I do, I, I beg to differ. I have a top story. <laughs> All right. I don't know if you're ready for it yet. Let's, no, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's hear it. <laughs> Um, this is important. This is important news that got, got a whole article here in New Ipswich, a lit cigarette caused a car fire that I'm going to call that the top story of the week. All right. And so before you go on, I just do want to say that, um, many of you may scoff at the cigarette fire being the top story, but when I was a smoker in my misspent youth as in up until four months ago um (laughs) i really used to always fear that i was going to set the car on fire uh with a cigarette you know you go to um toss it out the window not that i would ever litter or or ever think about littering but that is what you do and um you go to you go to you go to toss that you go to toss that butt out the window and if you, I just imagine it like n- without me seeing it, like blowing back into the back seat and just landing on the seat. And there's something, you know, my car is always messy. So there's something flammable on the seat, some kind of accelerant that should never be there or something. And it just, like <laughs> goes up in flames, you know, and the back seats real close to the gas uh, tank, you know, and like, they're not supposed to blow up, but like they always do if it burns long enough, you know? So it's like, Oh fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, like I gotta, you know, get to the side of the road before it blows up. Um, is that what this story is like? <laughs> <laughs> Did they have accelerant on their backseat? There, there, no, no backseat involvement with this particular conflagration. <laughs> Instead, what happened was the car owner, um, used the little, the little plastic side thing. What? What's, I don't know what the technical term for that is. Molded plastic pouch. Oh, <laughs> like on the, on the, the, on the door handle? Oh, yeah, okay. Door, yeah, yeah, sure. Handle. Use yeah. that as an ashtray, and there was some smoke that uh, the fire chief discovered. <laughs> and this article <laughs> notes that the door had reached more than 100 degrees in temperature, so... Christ. Huh. So more than 100. The car had a fever. Almost as hot as a cup of coffee that's been sitting out for a while. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> this is, see, kids, this is why you don't smoke. You know? This is why New Zealand is getting rid of all your tobacco, you know, so that no one heats up the plastic of their car to the point where it generates smoke. Yes. 
And luckily, the homeowner had a five-gallon bucket on hand, which the fire department used to extinguish this blaze. Wow. <laughs> blaze so, wait, 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 wait. So the homeowner <laughs> heats up, makes the smoke from the plastic on the car, mm-hmm. has the 10-gallon bucket, calls the fire department, and, like, offers them the bucket to take care of it? You know, my guess, my guess is that they saw the smoke in their car. Uh huh. Their mind immediately jumped to, God, there's some accelerant on the back seat. And if I touch <laughs> this thing, we're all going to blow, you know. So called the fire department. And then when they opened the door, you know, that 100 degree door that hopefully didn't cause any injuries <laughs> to whomever touched it. Yeah. Like, seriously, like, that's as warm as like a shitty sauna. I mean, a, a shitty um, jacuzzi <laughs> in a, you know, like, like a disgusting, like, un, like an unhappy jacuzzi at a bad motel in Fitchburg. Um, that's, that's how warm that is. <laughs> well, that is, that is the region's top story. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, you know, Yes, that is, as we said in last week's episode, that is, we, we fully anticipated a slowdown in activity and news and even controversy, regrettably, regrettably, um, in, in the month of January. If the cycle of the year continues the way that it normally does, this slowdown, I mean, we didn't expect it to quite go slow to a halt at this point, because it kind of is. I don't feel like we can even like squeeze a Hallmark plot out of that story. We can't. No, we can't. And <laughs> and, and as I said, and I'm going to repeat myself, and I'm sorry, but as I as I re- made reference to in last week's episode, I hope to God that there's nobody listening. But <laughs> our our listenership is is very modest in size, but. Given the town that we're in, it is big enough that I can do the math on the general proportions of people around here and say that, unfortunately, I w- if, I w- if I were to gamble money on this, I would bet that there's at least one listener who hears us say that there's no top story and they say, but what about Omicron? <laughs> And I hope to God that's not true. I hope nobody. I hope nobody's thinking that. If you're out there and you didn't think that, yourself a little little pat on the back, being on the normal side of humanity. Um, but there's definitely some who, and, and you know, and not to say that pandemics aren't tragic because that's inevitably the accusation. Because of course they are. If I sound tired of feeling like I have to say that as a caveat. It's because I'm tired of feeling like I have to say that as a caveat. But I'll I'll grin and I'll say it for you to preempt your bullshit. But um, there are people out there who believe that re- like this week out in the streets, like we are in the middle of like an apocalyptic calamity, like a catastrophe that's just um, I, I see it in their posts. 
without going too far down this road, I've seen multiple progressives on my feed advocating for segregation uh, of, of certain segments of the population, of uh, limiting medical care for, for, for certain segments of the population, um, m- many of whom, if, if you ever read a newspaper, which they don't, w- they would know, it are, they, they skew on the, typically on the, the lower income and, and non-white side of things. Uh, which which makes it awfully sensitive, but those are the people that they wish to segregate and to deny the same level of medical coverage to. This is wrong, by the way. I'm not going to start yelling or losing my temper. I already did that earlier today. I told one lady to go fuck herself. Um, a very prominent woman whose name most of you might recognize. But d- you don't like her, though. Nobody does. Um, actually, and that was if I was, I was honestly, I was waiting for her to say something back to me and I was just going to reply like, you have no idea how happy everyone is whenever you leave a room. Um, but, um, she didn't give me the opportunity because she listened when I told her to, to fuck off. But is, so it does, it does, I do have a tendency to get a little bit heated when it comes to these matters of, of right and wrong and morality and principles and, I say all this just to say that uh, the charitable, the very small charitable part of my heart says that for progressives to advocate for these things, because I like to think that they are mostly well-meaning, they must believe that like we are living through the end times and such measures are necessary. Um, they're not correct. The, their viewpoint is dangerous. I I think it should be remembered. But the only way that you can claim that there's anything going on in this region right now is if you is if you you know concoct a a story about disease. Um, and and other than that, there's nothing happening. And the the cycle of the year will continue, and this will probably continue into February. And the difference between now and February is in February we will be. Um, even less tolerant of the of the boredom and the the doldrums and the cold and the dryness and everything that's bad it'll be miserable but you know what we're going to do is with our with the strength of our will and our our core light and spirit that we carry within we are going to bring um, a sense of fun and excitement into the next several weeks, even if we sometimes have to manufacture it ourselves. Um, and that's just how it is. But that's our, that's our show for this week. Thank you for coming along with this episode. Huge congratulations to all of our contest winners. Thank you so much for participating in our season. Anyone who, um, you know, check, check the links in the show notes, check out these stories. They're damn good stories. Uh, really, really, I have felt this way from the beginning, but it's something that I, it never gets old. It never um, ceases to have an effect on me. I am extremely proud of the caliber of writing that we are able to have the privilege of hosting on, on our, on our platform. It, it is an honor. Like this is damn good. 
stuff. It, it really is. It's, it's awesome. And so love to see it. Um, send your stuff in after March 1st, ideally. Um, people are sending them in already, but we're really not open. We're not ready. March 1st, we'll open up for a month and a half of submissions for that. Okay. Shout out to our sound lord, Chad Patterson, over at studio117.net, not.com. Uh, he is available in 2022 and beyond for all of your recording, mixing, and editing needs. He's a pro. He turns things around very quickly. Um, and, and he just he has been building his own audio engineering setup over time and is just getting exploring more and more and getting better and better at programs and equipment, and all this stuff. He's the man. He also has a band. It's called Down by 10. It's a cover bands. They're brand new. He's the front man on guitar and vocals, and he's a, they're, they're available for hire for any of your, your, your parties, your, your corporate meetings, your high school reunions. I got my 20-year reunion this year. That's why I say that. Um, I don't think we're going to hire down by 10. No offense, Chad. Um, I don't have any say in that matter, and it's <laughs> whatever. Um, but um, we're going to – I can almost guarantee you that we will, we will drag their asses to Peterborough for something at some point. Um, and, um, but if you're, if you, if you need a band, there you go. They can play anything from, you know, the sixties to the aughts. Um, and if they can't play anything from the 20 teens and beyond, who would even notice who the hell knows what the hell music was made during that time? Um, I, I don't, um, I couldn't tell you, um, nobody with purchasing power. I'll tell you that much. Um, so in any case, um, Chad down by 10 studio one, one seven, look him up. And, and a huge thanks, as always, for his contributions to making these episodes sparkle and shine. If you always watch the video version of this, which I know a lot of people do, um, give the SoundCloud slash podcast app uh, a chance at some point because we've got music and, and Chad makes our, our audio just perfectly warm and balanced and exactly the way it should be. So the video is cool and it's fine, but if you want you know, if you're a, if you're a connoisseur, you know, if you like, if you're a bon vivant, you know, you really like the finer things in life, high quality over, over quantity, check out the audio. It's, it's really, it's well worth it. Um, all right. And last thing, if you've bothered to listen this far is, um, sign up for our email list on, on go Monadnock. It's really worth your while. If you're local, if you're not, I'm not going to lie to you, that's, there are some non-local people who actually like this show, even though it's locally focused, but you really wouldn't love the email because it's, it's very heavily focused on events that happen here. Um, but we, um, if you live here though, you will miss shit. If you don't get this email, it comes out on Tuesdays and Fridays, and we're going to give you all the hot shit that's going on that weekend from all the movie showings to, um, the, uh, musical events to, you know, even very obscure things. Um, I know. I, I love digging up obscure things for this. Yes. So, like, I've, done, um, I've one, done like some hat, like a hat history thing with some other Finnish Well, festivals. one of the obscure things that's going on right now, I think it's this weekend, right? Is the, um, it's a, um, it's a meat lottery meat, or meat raffle. Meat raffle Saturday. Yeah. Which, frankly, I, I mean, it's, I, I called it obscure. It sounds fucking awesome. Um, I, I mean, I've heard about these things and like, usually when people do like a meat raffle or a meat lottery, like you're winning like really expensive packages of, of lots and lots of meat. And that is the kind of thing that I love. 
So I definitely encourage, but that's the kind of thing that goes into our emails. We got, um, you know, your latest podcast episodes, the latest columns from the site, the latest information from our agricultural exchange. So like what's available at our featured farms in town right now, it goes in the email. You also can find out on a weekly basis where the hell Charlie Chronopolis is playing the hardest working, best looking musician in the state. Where's he at? He's he, he plays several nights a week. We're going to tell you where you can find him. Um, all of that goes into our email with usually some warm commentary um, from from either Zoe does the Tuesday email, I do the Friday one. The Friday one, he, like especially if you're like an office worker, it, you, I, t- I try to send it out between noon and two, and that is like the signal: stop working. The week is over. If you work in an office, you know you can, and if you can't, you're not trying hard enough. That's our show for this week. Until we catch you next time, please remember, take good advice.